0: Welcome to Life Stories. I'm so glad that you're here. Today on the podcast, I speak with Michelle Parrish. I had the privilege of meeting Michelle at a retreat a few weeks ago. And I didn't know her whole story then. I've said this a couple of times. I almost asked her to tell me her whole story, but then I thought, no, let's do it on the podcast. I want to hear. Because all I knew about Michelle from meeting her that weekend is who she is now. But she's lived a she's lived a life. She's lived a life in her young years. Michelle has written a book called Heart Break Free, and in the book, she talks about her life and her struggles, but what is so awesome about this book is that she tells you how to get help with different areas of your life. She's a certified life coach now, and she wants to travel and speak, and she's the real deal, and I love getting to talk to her. She's very sweet. She's very honest, and it was was a gift to be able to visit with her today. The word of the week this week. It's the word of the week. Is stop. One of the things we talked about was I asked her to speak to someone on the podcast who's listening, who is in the middle of the struggles that she used to be in. And and one of the things she said was, when are you going to stop? She said, if I was talking to somebody right now, I would ask them, when are you going to stop? When is it enough? And we've all been in some sort of situation, maybe it's not been trauma, maybe it's not been living a life doing illegal things or doing drugs or whatever, something that the world calls big and huge and you know dangerous. Maybe it's something small, a small struggle. But when do you get to the point where you know you have to stop? There has to be a point when you decide because other people can't decide for you. Michelle is very honest about this. And how she had to come to that point where she knew she had to stop. And so that's our word of the week this week. I hope that whether your struggle is big or small or whatever it is, if there's something that you're, that's going on in your life that is detrimental, that is hurting you and the people around you, I hope that you'll just take a minute just to stop and listen and be encouraged today by what Michelle shares. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. I'm very excited to talk to you for a lot of reasons. Number one, because I had the privilege of meeting you and getting to know you. And it's always kind of awkward when you go into a place where you feel like everybody knows each other. Mm -hmm. And like, I only knew- You're the
1: only one that does not
0: I'm like, everybody knows everybody but me. But, um, you know, I was very impressed with you. You're you're older than I thought you were because I thought you were a lot younger. You're very mature and- Why thank you. uh, You, I mean, I, I know you now. I didn't know you before. I didn't know you when you were living out, you know, this story right here. Um, so I know you now, and so you, you were older than I thought you were, and I was just very impressed with your, um, vulnerability, the fact that you were very real and very honest. And, and I almost, I told you this that weekend of the retreat. I almost wanted you to tell me your whole story, but then I thought, no. Let's wait and do it on the podcast so I can hear it. Cause I don't know other than, you know, I've read your book now. So I do know, but from you, I haven't heard your story. So I want you to share what you're willing to share about your story and why you wrote your book that I just loved and, um, what you're doing to help people, not just through the book, but in your life. Okay. Um, well, um,
1: let's see. I don't know. It's like it started when I was five. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I did. I I I had a. There was nothing really in my childhood. I would I would say that you would you would hear and think that anything in the future that did happen in my life would happen. Um, I had a pretty average childhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, From what I remember, I really think it was it was pretty good. You know, I was sassy and having a little obsessions with all the pop stars and (laughs) thought I was one and was real I was real set on that like had you asked me then at five you know what I was gonna be when I grow up a singer and like (laughs) and probably would have busted out singing right then and there you know what I mean like (laughs) wouldn't have cared confident is all get out you know like really had really had it going together but um you know over time mental health issues started to come out and just bullying, you know, different things were going on. That was kind of, kind of hard, but the mm-hmm. hardest thing I would say was when my mom started drinking, I'm going to stop doing this. I got it. I have a swivel chair.
0: That's okay. I know I do <laughs> too. <laughs> I'm like, it's easy to do that. <laughs> I, uh, I, um,
1: you know, my mom, uh, I was living with her. She's the one that raised me from, you know zero to like 13 and she started uh drinking and at first you didn't know what was the problem I used to call her a werewolf because she would go in her room at night and come out and be mean and I didn't know what the problem was I just knew nighttime was the right time for her to start getting a little edgy um you know mental health was not as much understood back then so there was a lot of hypotheses like uh, that she had social anxiety disorder which was coming out or um you know, that was her birth control or something was going on. We all knew something was going on with her. Didn't know what it was. And a lot happened to me while people were trying to figure that out. Meanwhile, I'm getting in trouble, which I never used to. And uh, people were, you know, thinking I'm just a crazy teenager. This is normal. And I was like, ah, like, I don't know why I was so aware that they should be noticing that I'm crying for help instead of literally just being like, hey, I need help. I was like, I'm just going to cry for help. I don't know how I knew about that, I think it's a common knowledge thing, but I was like, how do these grownups not understand what I'm trying to tell them? Like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. And I just, it taught me not to trust adults. And so I kind of stopped talking about things, but it came out later uh, that my mom was drinking and that she had an alcohol problem. And she was just, I mean, she was like my whole world. And then she just was mean and everything. And I was getting bullied at school. I was getting bullied at home. So a lot of it came to a head. My mental health issues got worse because there are triggers that can make it kind of magnified, especially with me. I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So I would have very intense lows because of the things that were going on. And really just the reason why I've come through a lot of all of that. I ended, you know, my mom died. I ended up in addiction as well. Which got really bad, you know. I had to go to a year long faith based Christian rehab to get better, and then after that, I did an internship with my church. So I basically locked myself away for two years to get get things right and get right with God, and that's what saved my life. And in the in the time that that happened, I got uh my book is called Heartbreak Free, and so it's about heartbreak. I got my heart broken one more time, one more on top of like a, it's so many that it was cruel. I was like again, no. <laughs> and, um, I, when I got through that, I felt like through that experience, God healed me of so many other things, all of the childhood trauma, all of the, you know, I realized it wasn't just that it wasn't just the one guy. Like, why am I so hurt by this? Like, because you've done it 50 times, you know, I'm like, why do I keep having to go through this? Right. And I thought about it. And I'm like, I think a lot of people are like that. I hear a lot of people like that. It's like, they're, it, they just do it all the time over and over and over. Every relationship doesn't work out. They get hurt. You know, they've got abuse in their background. They've got addiction. I mean, and it was like this cycle. And I was like, I can't be the only one who's going through this. When I felt like he healed me of all of that, I had to share. So that's why I wrote the book. Um, I was actually still going through it while I was writing the book. So the book helped to heal me a lot. Just writing it all down and kind of coming up with the procedures of how to get through it. Realizing what God had took me through and all these steps that he had taken me through. And that you can, uh, like, copy this. Right. And if you do it, you can heal too. You know what I mean? So that's really what um I've just been, I went through a lot, but to see where I'm at now compared to what I went through, it's really just a miracle. So mm-hmm. much good has happened. I wouldn't take anything back. I can see over, you know, like I have more grace with myself because I can see over time why I was so tired and why I finally gave up because of what mm-hmm. I had been going through since a young age. You just get you just get exhausted. It's emotionally and spiritually exhausting. I think a lot of people out there are very tired. Mm-hmm. and they don't understand why they're so tired all the time it's because you've been running this rat race for 20 years 30 40 years and it's like there's no end in sight you're just treading water can't mm-hmm. drown you know you don't see a shore you're just exhausted yeah. and so i really want to just give some hope and some uh access to that help to people to maybe in this cycle and let them be free too so that's really what that's why i wrote the book
0: you know i have read and i, I was thinking about this earlier. I can think of two off the top of my head, two books that I've read by very well-known authors and speakers. And they were about two different subjects. And it was like, you know, you said you were writing this book while you were still going through some of your healing. And it's like, they were still dealing with the issues that they were talking about in the book. But in the end of the book, I didn't feel like I learned anything. I felt like I was just listening to their struggle. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like What I love about your book is that you're very honest, number one, about your story and your life, which I think, you know, if I'm going to learn from somebody, I want to learn from somebody that's been through something and tell me how you got through it and and how you overcame. Don't just tell me a sweet little cute story about how you were sad and then now you're happy. No, I want to know because I've struggled and I feel like the people that I've been able to help and the people that we've helped, my husband and I together, we've had to be real we've had to be vulnerable this is what we went through and it was hard and it hurt but this is what we did and this is how we overcame and you don't just talk about your your life you don't just talk about your struggles you give step-by-step help this is what I did this is what you can do you lay it out for people and like you mentioned you know I think a lot of well I don't think I know a lot of people are hurting a lot of people are hurting people don't know how to get help They don't know who to ask. They don't trust people in the church. A lot of times, if they're not in church, um, they don't trust people with their stuff. You know, it's, it's hard to be real. It's hard to be vulnerable with people and be honest about, okay, I'm struggling with this. This is hard for me and it's embarrassing or it's, you know, whatever. You are very, very helpful in this book. And so that's why, you know, I'm encouraging people to read it because it's not just a story. It's not just a sweet little story about Michelle and what she went through and now she's all better. No, it's a step-by-step and you have it separated in categories and relationships and trauma in different, in different things. So that people, like you said, in the beginning of the book, maybe you don't struggle with this. Maybe you struggle with this instead and you can go straight to that. It's a very helpful book. And I, I love, I love, I mean, I really did because, because I have been through so much healing. I've been through so many different classes and, um, you know, counseling and different things, people don't know how to get help. And this is helpful. This is a, this is a start and a beginning for somebody. And, um, I just love it. I'm so glad that, that you did it. Thank you. Oh. So you talked about in the book, you said that you, so the first place you went to was a rehab and that was because of, because of alcohol or whatever you met. Oh, okay. Huh, no. um, <laughs> But I, I guess it was the girl's home. You were already sober and you went and did something else. Yes. after that. So what did you learn when you were there in that internship?
1: Um, a lot about is getting closer to God because that was the whole point was just right. immerse yourself in God, God, God all the time. And that was basically what the rehab was. But with this one, the purpose was to kind of bring us up, help us find our purpose, and basically raising up people that want to be in ministry. Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and equip us. We had different experience in different ministries that we did. You know, we did missions, we did um, community outreach, we did worship. You know, I was on the worship team at the church. Like we did all kinds of getting our hands in different things behind the scenes and, you know, in front of the scenes and everything. So we could try to find what we want to do to better equip us to be in ministry. Because when I was in rehab, you know, I took to it. I took to the Bible. I took to the, to the curriculum I took to everything and I, um, sorry, I took to all of that. And I realized that, you know, Hey, I've kind of found a calling here. This is actually what I want to do. What helped me was what I wanted to do. So I, uh, you know, pursued that learning more. And then I knew also it would keep me sober for another year, but basically just, you know, getting closer to God, hearing from God and doing his work, being more equipped to do his work.
0: Right. So I asked this question and I want to be respectful. I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but for people that are not, who, who don't know anybody or haven't been through rehab or don't, haven't been on drugs or tell me what it was like going into that rehab and and your time there.
1: It was special.
0: It was special. Um, That's a nice way to put it.
1: (laughs) It was special. Um, It was very strict. Yeah, for sure. But it had to be. Yeah. We don't need, you know, I remember I didn't, I didn't want to go at first when I first heard about it it was funny. Cause I went to a conference and that's where I first heard it. I went to a Christian conference, Christian women's conference. And I didn't know I was an addict, right? Mm-hmm. So I hear about this place. I'm like, Oh, I want to donate, I have no money, no money. I had no source of income whatsoever. No, what I'm going to do. I want to go talk to the girls. Cause I just know I can help them. Cause I'm so inspiring. You know, like what the heck? Anyway, I was delusional but I wanted to do that you know and then when it came my time and I'm at my friend's house same friend because I almost got shot
0: yeah you
1: know she's like you know you know you can go to that place you want to donate to I was like what I thought it was for like abused women but it's like you know we're not just abused women probably a lot of us were abused but we we did a bunch of stuff actually that was wrong you know we need discipline I knew I didn't just like I was messing up I wasn't just out here like, oh, I'm a victim and I'm sad and I need help, you know, yes, but you are bad, like a bad person right now, like, God awful, you need to get, you know, so I knew I needed, I was going to Jesus boot camp is what I thought, I thought I was <laughs> gonna go do my time, you know, when I was on, literally, when I was on meth, I was convinced that I was either going to hell or jail, and this <laughs> to me was like, I'm gonna live,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: but it's an in-between, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I will tell you, it was a lot better than that. It wasn't yeah. what I thought it was gonna be. It was like a resort compared to what I was expecting to do. Right. I trained for it. I I I stalked and I called and I got their schedule. And then at home I mocked the schedule. So I wake wow. up and I'd read my Bible and I do this and that. Yes, for two weeks before oh I went, right, gosh. and I got clean. Yeah, cause I was like, I'm not gonna be traumatized. I'm not gonna go and literally they wake me up and I'm used to sleeping until four. And I'm, they wake me up at 5.15, like I'm going to, ah, you know, and then yeah. I don't want to be detoxing. I want to be ready. And I was like, I'm going to be wow. good at this. I'm going to really, anyway. So I was serious about it. The lady that took my intake call still remembers me from all of that. she's like, no one ever did that. I was like, really? I thought we were all just getting prepared. No, it's just Oh, so I can't
0: rehab. imagine anybody
1: doing that. That's no, amazing.
0: It's That's just amazing. rehab.
1: It's only you. So congratulations. Yeah. You are that girl. So that was me. And um, anyway, but we did, it was very structured, very, very structured. Like we get up at 5.15, you know, go down, get, got some time to get ready, go downstairs, read our Bible, you know, pray and then eat breakfast, which somebody in the house cooks. Um, And it's not like they're cooking for us. It's one of us. So we all took our turn in the kitchen. And at that point you wake up at 4.20. So special. And then, you know, like we, uh, you know, you have to ask to go to the bathroom You have to, the only time you're ever by yourself is in the shower, literally, period,
0: like period.
1: Yeah, everything is monitored, phones are tapped. If you have a phone, which it takes like six months to get a phone, it's not your phone. You know, vehicles are tracked, everything. It was like lockdown, you know what I mean? But they're really not playing games with us. Like like they're trying to keep us in line. Like do you wanna be, you're not an upstanding member of society. You can't be trusted. You're not in a good place. You need to be made To be like in a good place, because when you do drugs, it opens up your mind Mm -hmm. and it can be really bad. But also it it puts you back in that critical time period, like when you're 13 or when you're five, you know, like where you got to go. Parents got to go in there and teach you. Right. So it'll stick because it's a critical time period. Now, what did we do in my critical time periods? We did not do what we're supposed to do. So the Lord opened back up a window and here we are again And I'm moldable. You know what I mean? So you want to mold correctly. So that's what they're doing in there. They're molding you back into being an upstanding member of society, probably better than you ever have been, in my opinion. Hardest, best thing I've ever done, but it was yeah. super strict. And um, I mean, it was just go, go, go all the time. There was like not really a lot of rest. There wasn't. All we listened to Christian music. There was no like. We barely watched TV. I wow. had no idea what was going on in the world. Wow. I joke with my brother. I was like, "Who's the president?" He's like, "Obama." It was so funny. Like we. <laughs> I still don't even happily know what's going on half the time, but it was a really uh, intense experience that I would almost recommend for every person. Cause I know that it would better them, but yeah. I needed it, you know, any addict for sure. It'll get you right. Like, and people have a really high success rate that graduate the program.
0: That's awesome. Um, what would you tell somebody that's listening who, who has a friend or a daughter or a niece or a, somebody in their life who? is going down the same path that you were going down. What what advice would you give to someone? Or maybe somebody listening that's there. They're there where you used to be. And they know they probably need help, but they don't know what to do or they're scared to ask. What would you tell them?
1: I'm trying to remember what my book said because then I, I came up with like good little
0: step-by-step. <laughs> step.
1: But no, um, honestly, like if you're the friend, my friend that got me help was available. She made herself available. A lot of people don't want to talk to you. And wanting to do with you because you're dangerous, you know what I mean? And you're in a bad place, but it's, if you can just plant the seed and make yourself available,
0: Yeah,
1: you know what I mean? Not like to give them money, nothing like that, none of that. I mean, she paid for endless Ubers. That girl, I owe her a lot, but it's like, you will get taken advantage of. And when they're in that place but at the same time they need somebody at some point there's got to be yeah. somebody they can turn to i would say don't give up no matter how bad it is nobody is beyond hope but number one thing is to pray for them like for real yeah. pray for okay. them pray for them for where god wants them to go because not everybody needs to go to a, a intense special you know, kidding <laughs> program it, like 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 i did not everybody's yeah. fit for that you know what i mean there's lots of different avenues that you can take. There's lots of Christian programs. There's lots of non-Christian programs. There's just AA, you know, there's pray for what they need. You know, we know they need God. Like that's what saved me period. But we pray to him to help them in whatever way they specifically need. And how can you be of, how can you help the journey is really the the best thing I know that people did was pray for me. Like I know my family and my friends never stopped praying for me and those prayers got answered. Big time. So it sounds real simple and cliche, but for real, that's the biggest thing you can do. You know what I mean? Pray for guidance for them, for direction and everything for them and you for what you should do.
0: Mm -hmm. If you're the
1: one that's struggling and you're listening to this, um, it's just when are you going to call it? You know, when are you going to get to that breaking point? When are you tired of it? I know you're close. You know what I mean? But are you there yet to where you literally don't want to do this anymore? You can't see your life without it. I couldn't either. But I had to do something, and the best thing that I did was lock myself away, put myself somewhere where I had to do right. And I recommend it to anyone. If you can make yourself a year is a long time, yeah. but man, it may, it got me right. Like I'm a better person now than I was before I was an addict. Yeah. Like because I spent my time focusing on God, not just getting clean, not just getting sober, not just you know any kind of steps or anything like that. I focused on God. That's what I would say. Is start pursuing God wholeheartedly. Yeah. start praying. You know what I mean? Even, I don't care if you're high right now, start praying for yeah. real for help and what to do. Cause he spoke to me. I was hearing all kinds of voices, but if you think about it, like if you're a parent and you know, your child is hearing voices, right? Are you going to stop talking to them? Heck no. Cause your voice yeah. is going to be one of those voices that they're hearing don't at least pray. one of them. You know what I'm saying? So he never stopped talking to me. I can look back and think of so many things he said to me while I was high. And I was like, wow, you know, like, thank God. Because what I was hearing was not acceptable. It was evil stuff. And I had that one voice that would tell me the truth. There was a truth for every lie. And I could look back on times I had the wisdom when I needed it. He's still speaking to you. So listen, you know what I mean? And pray for him to speak to you more and tell you what to do and, and to and to get you right. Because that's just really what you need is to find a path to get on, to get back right. You know what I mean? And if it takes a couple of tries, don't beat yourself up. But just it, turn to God ASAP. And, and pr- try to put yourself on a path of correction um, and just give up on this delusion and this crazy journey that you're on because it goes nowhere like forever, or it goes to jail or hell or, or that actually wasn't the weirdest delusion that I had. I mean, really, yeah, that's where you're ending up. If you're in addiction, that's where you're ending up. Like you want to live, you know what I mean? And you want to be with your family. You want to be, have a full life. You want to be with God when you go. So yeah. just pray and start making some kind of changes that you can.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Very encouraging, very encouraging from, from someone who has lived it and walked it out and, um, tell me what you're doing now.
1: What am I doing now? Well, um, I go to a lot of meetings. It's like, uh, it's like AA meetings. Uh, and I'm saying that because I feel like everybody needs to know that it's it requires maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a big part of my life to be around other people that are recovered, you know, people that are where I want to be and just have that support system. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: um, also I am, um, I'm still working, but I am doing my life coaching, uh, trying to help people. My main focus is just to help people who are going through um, difficult life transitions, like divorces, breakups, things like that. That's obviously my number one thing, but I also just want to help people develop spiritually um Mm -hmm. people that are looking to get through things like it's kind of like therapy but not really you know what I mean I'm gonna help guide you on your path and you're gonna come up with your solutions it's like talking to yourself you know what I mean and you're figuring your own stuff out right and then you actually listen because you know you're not gonna listen to nobody else that gives you no advice so I'm not gonna give you any advice but I'm gonna guide you along the path (laughs) yes from what I've done and what I know you know what I mean and just trying to help you kind of Holy Spirit lead you in the right direction where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing workshops, um, working with my book, still trying to get into speaking and I am coaching. So that is what's kind of like what's going on right now. It's a lot.
0: It is a lot, but that's awesome. And you're a certified life coach. Like you got certified. Today.
1: I am. I yeah. went to school last year. Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome. How long did that take to get certified? Six months. Oh, okay. I just wanted to I, I spent six months with a life coach. Um she was a All writing right. coach, but she was a certified life coach. Yeah. And so when I started it, I thought we were gonna talk about writing. But then the first week she was like, We're not talking about your writing and I was like, What? We we're did we right. talked about everything else. And it wasn't really was not counseling, but it was kinda like counseling. Like it was mm-hmm. It was so good for me. I did not know how much I needed that. It was so good for me. Where can people find out more about you? Do you, I know you're on Facebook. Do you have a website or do I? I do. You? It's just michelleparish.com. This is my name. Okay. I'm going to add all of that, your Facebook and your website whenever I post this on Monday so that people know where to go because I mean, you're a wealth of information. You are, I mean, this book is so helpful and you've been there. And I think that's, I think that's the thing that, impresses me the most about what you're doing because a lot of people are life coaches and it's it's great and they're helpful but you know they haven't been through the stuff (laughs) and not that everybody that teaches and helps has to have been through something difficult but I guess that's just who I am gravitated to I want to I want to been through I mean I want to talk to somebody that's been through it you know been through the hard things and knew how to walk it out And now they're here. And so maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just who I am drawn to, but I think you are going to help so many people with your book and with what you're doing. I I just love it. I'm so proud of you. And I'm excited to see where you're going. I hope maybe you'll come speak somewhere up here. I can go listen to you.
1: I will let you know. That'd be so cool. I definitely want to travel and speak. That'd be the coolest.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for talking to me. Um, Of course. I'm I'm excited to share your book. I'm excited to share what you're doing. And I know you're going to do great things. I'm so proud of you. Well, I hope you have a great day.
1: You too. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you, girl.